Do all religions follow the same God? What about other religions? I've heard it said that I'm the only Christian in my workplace. And I want to say, does everyone know that you are a Christian? Or have you kept it quiet like others? You see, the impression is that in the West, and I don't mean the West of England, that Christianity is dying and that other religions are taking over. Church attendance, soon to be possible, would appear to be down, while other faiths' attendance is growing. While we await the joy of gathering, and I do believe it will be quite a while before we can sit side by side, and we may have to create our own booking-in system, based upon social distancing, of course. From August the 8th, places of worship will be included in having to legally wear face masks. I would add that if attendance was down based upon findings in the last century, then the spoils of war would be partially to blame. That combined with those who attended out of duty rather than desire would have some impact too, rather than us becoming a secular society. But my opening statement is misleading, as in the poll in 2017, there were 18% of the UK population who confessed to be committed Christians attending church regular. In another poll in 2016, only 6% of the population were of other faiths. Now, does that surprise you? It did me. Worldwide, Christianity is still the largest religion, according to the Pew Research Centre, where 2.2 billion confess to be Christian. That's just about a third of the world's population. Did you know that there are 1.6 billion Muslims, 1 billion Hindus, and 500 million Buddhists? As for atheists, where do you think their percentage lies? 2.5%. That's all. 2.5% of the world's population. Yet even if Christianity leads, we still need to consider the question of what Christians say of other religions. We live in a more multicultural time, which has made us aware of other faiths, which for some will be in the workplace, the classroom, and for us in this military area, nationals originating from other countries. But here lies the question, is Jesus the only way to God? The New Testament answer is completely clear on this. Absolutely. Many of you would be able to cite this quote in John 14, 6. I will start and you can join in. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Listen to this quote from the late columnist, Bernard Levin. He says, I take it that a religion which claims to be following the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, must, even if by a process of elimination, think that the other religions are, for all their holiness and worship, mistaken. I, of all people, should not to bandy scripture with experts, but in these ecumenical days, it is usually 
reasonable to ask Christianity what its founder meant when he said, none shall come to the Father but by me. Consider the time in Acts 4 where Peter and John healed the crippled man outside the temple and a large crowd gathered. Peter said it was Jesus who was the author of life, who had been crucified but was now resurrected and glorified. To remember that they were arrested and put on trial and asked, by what power had the crippled man been healed? Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, said, it was by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and that salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Clearly here, Jesus is the only name that can save, which is consistent with the rest of the New Testament. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 2.5, but there is one God and one mediator between God and human beings. Jesus Christ himself, human. The writer of the Hebrews warns us that there is no other means of escape except through Jesus Christ. How shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? Hebrews 2 verse 3. So in what way do Christians believe that Jesus is the only way to God? and that he alone can give salvation. Christians believe that Jesus came to bridge the gap between humanity and God, which derived from the fall. And wherever God's people turn away from him in self-centeredness and sin, and failing to recognize and worship God as the giver of all good gifts. Only Jesus can bridge that gap. No one else because of who he is. It was Peter who said he was the holy and righteous one, Acts 3. The author of life, Acts 3.15. He is the one the prophets foretold, verse 18. He is the Christ, verse 20. He is the only one the early church worshipped as God. This clearly sets him apart from the leaders of other main world religions. Think about it. Muslims are not called Mohammedans because they do not worship Mohammed. Neither do Islamists give him divine honours. In fact, he would have been the first to reject any suggestion. As for Buddha, it is not for certain that he believed in God as such but he did not consider himself to be a god. But think about this. Jesus is unique in his achievement. Or better put, what he has done. Earlier I said that Peter stated that salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. You see, we all need a saviour because we all have sinned. It's a fact that none of the great religions ever claimed to have a saviour. The Buddhist view of Buddha is that he was seen as a teacher, not a saviour. Muhammad is regarded as a prophet, not a saviour. In Islam, sinners will face judgment without forgiveness 
However, the obedience and righteousness of their lives will be weighed against their sin. Yet by contrast, Jesus is the one who brings salvation. He saves us from our guilt and from the addictive power of sin. And he saves us from the judgment we all deserve. Even more, Jesus is unique in comparison to other faiths in the world, in his resurrection. Peter described him as the one whom God raised from the dead, Acts 4 verse 10. Jesus' resurrection is a unique event recorded in the history of the world. The Pali Canon of Buddhism records the great entrance of the Buddha into Nirvana. But there is no suggestion that the Buddha will continue to be present with his followers after his death. The exact date of the death of the prophet Muhammad is known. But no one has ever supposed that he survived physical death. A quote by Stephen Neal in The Supremacy of Jesus, 1984. The resurrection by Jesus, by contrast, is at the heart of the Christian faith. Jesus Christ is alive today. We can know him because of this living relationship that the gap between God and humanity is bridged. As I was writing this, the song Raise a Hallelujah was playing in the background, so let's raise a hallelujah. For Christians, Jesus is the unique Son of God, the unique Saviour, the one uniquely raised from the dead, and the only way to God. So if Jesus is the only way to God, it poses questions. What about other religions? What about those who have never heard of Jesus? What is important here first is not to write off other religions as completely wrong, dynamic, or misguided, though some might be. When Jesus said, I am the truth, we know that ultimate truth is found in him, and it is by his standard that we attain to. However, think about this. This does not mean that parts of the truth cannot be found in other religions. Surely we would expect them to display truth too. And I have three reasons to put before you. First, although God's revelation of himself in Jesus, as witnessed in scripture, is unique and final, God has partially revealed himself in creation. Think about Psalm 8 you heard earlier. Think about Psalm 19 verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of the God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. Nicky Gumbel is quoted as saying, the pinnacle of his creation is human life. So Isaac Newton, the mathematician and physicist, said, in the absence of any proof, the thumb alone would convince me of God's existence. Isn't that amazing? In 
It is in Psalm 14, where the psalmist says, only a fool can claim there is no God. So since creation, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been there for all to see. While it may not be acknowledged, from creation, humankind can gain an insight into God's existence and character, his power and glory. While this evidence of creation is there for other religions to witness, it is this God to whom great monotheistic, one God, faiths reach. Second, humankind is made in the image of God. And we have been given a conscience to distinguish between right and wrong. In Matthew 7, verse 12, we read, Do to others what you would have them do to you. And you would have thought that Christianity owns or coined that phrase, but you would be wrong. It is used in almost every religion, from Confucius 551 to 479 BC onwards. Third, God has put in us all a God-shaped hole which only he can fill. A new house, a new car, a new heart's desire soon wears thin when someone gets a bigger house or your prized car gets scratched or dented. Materialism soon dissatisfies and this hunger for something else emerges again. Whether we Know it or not, it is this God-shaped hole within us that only God can fill and satisfy. Had you ever thought that is why there are so few atheists in the world? What is for certain is that we can find many good things in many religions. It could be their followers' devotion, dedication, or commitment in what they believe. However, it is illogical to claim that all religions are true or that all religions lead to God. In one of my college books by Alistair McGrath, and one I could understand, he states that some world religions are avowedly non-theistic and that a religion can hardly lead to God if it explicitly denies the existence of a god or gods. One thing is for certain. We cannot find God by ourselves. He can only be found in the person of Jesus Christ. Listen to this quote by C.S. Lewis. If you are a Christian, you do not have to believe all that the other religions are simply wrong all through. If you are an atheist, you do have to believe that the main point in all the religions of the whole world is simply one huge mistake. If you are a Christian, you are free to think that all those religions, even the queerest ones, contain at least some hints of the truth. He says, when I was an atheist, I had to try to persuade myself that most of the human race have always been wrong about the question that mattered to them most. When I became a Christian, I was able to take a more liberal view. But of course, being a Christian does mean thinking 
but where Christianity differs, differs from other religions. Christianity is right and they are wrong. I like this last bit here. As in arithmetic, there is only one right answer to a sum. All the other answers are wrong, but some of the wrong answers are much nearer the right than others. So what about those who have never heard about Jesus? Gumbel writes, the Bible is a practical book, not a philosophical one. It does not answer hypothetical, hypothetical questions directly. And that is what allows us to consider hot potatoes such as this and others over the next few Roy, weeks, as Roy calls them. But for a moment, consider this question. So what about those who had never heard about Jesus? Where did that come from? It came from someone who had heard of him. Go back with me to the Old Testament. In Genesis 8, 18, Abraham asked, will not the judge of all the earth do right? And the answer is, of course, he will be just. But think about that. He lived before Jesus, as did other prophets. Now we know that no one will be saved by their religious behavior. Now we are saved by God's love through faith in Jesus Christ, Ephesians 2 verse 8. He died in our place so that we could be forgiven, so that we could receive salvation when we accept this gift by faith. Did you know that it is possible to be saved by grace through faith, even when someone has never heard of Jesus? Abraham believed God, and it was accredited to him as righteousness. Paul cites that David also speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Check out Romans 4. So how is this possible? It is possible because the cross is effective for all those who lived before as well as those who died and lived after Jesus. That's the power of the cross. Abraham and David were forgiven because of what Jesus was to do for them on the cross. You see, they did not have the knowledge we have that we can be forgiven. Yet Paul tells us they were justified by faith. It is the same for the person who lived at the time of Jesus or afterwards. They too could be justified by faith, even when they had not heard about him. Consider the parable about the tax collector. When the tax collector said, God have mercy on me, a sinner, he went home justified. Isn't that something to share with your family, friends and neighbours? In Matthew 28, 16 to 20, Jesus commands his disciples to go to tell others about him. We call it the Great Commission and it applies to us today. For Jesus is not only the way and the truth, he is also the life. If the early Christians had not been so willing to tell the good news of Jesus to those who already had a religion of their own, 
Christianity would have died in a generation. So go, be humble and sensitive to other religions. Be positive, do not attack other faiths. Just tell them the good news of Jesus. And be respectful, for we all are made in the image of God, whether Christian or not. Amen.